Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I help generational cycle breakers make better decisions, confident decisions, by unleashing the power of philosophy. I am here back after the end of Sabbath. So my Sabbath, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out the last couple episodes. Um, but this Sabbath I took was for 40 days. 40 days of no social media, no business work for the most part, just living my life, trying to enjoy it. Now, last episode, you heard that my life went all kinds of sideways during <laughs> during this period. Um, I broke up with my partner seven years, about seven years. Um, I My dog got a back injury and I was supposed to go on a trip and I did not go on a trip. <laughs> So many, many twists and turns to the Sabbath journey. But what I want to share with y'all today is some of the takeaways I have from Sabbath. Now, keep in mind, it's only been um, at the time of recording, it's only been a couple days after Sabbath. So we'll have to see, we'll have to see if deeper things percolate um, as we go forward. But these are my first impressions of what Sabbath has, has done for me. Now, I haven't mentioned this in a second but y'all who've been around you know that i'm the survivor of two toxic parents a toxic ex um a toxic ex mother-in-law is that how we're gonna say it <laughs> i don't know what to do about that one but the long and the short of it is i am the survivor of long-term abuse okay that's that's what's relevant and I think that this idea of Sabbath is uh, got a special, there's a special flavor here for those of us who are the survivors of this kind of thing. And I know for me personally, I was really nervous um, before I went in because, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I um, didn't, you know, there have been times in my life when I was young where I did not have the internet, right? That was a thing. For people my age but we like pretty much as an adult definitely as an adult I've always had social media I've always had the internet as kind of a coping tool now I didn't give up the internet as sabbath um that would have been too big an ask in my opinion <laughs> um but I gave up social media and this was scary this was scary for me because I really I really didn't know what would happen to me when something difficult came up because historically I just I just use social media a lot and it's a kind of mindless thing um obviously when I do my business stuff it's it's not mindless but my consumption right we're talking about the consumption part not the creation part the consumption was just endless and you know I didn't I I thought that that was a key part of how I helped myself feel okay, how I re-regulated myself because, you know, something horrible would happen in my environment, something abusive would come up and I would need to try something to make myself feel better so that I could function to do the, th the things I had to do. And I always perceived that social media was kind of a way for me to do that. That is one reason that historically I have never taken a social media detox. I have never taking a full break from my work that's that's literally never happened i have always had jobs and um 
like work that was the kind of thing you could do anywhere you could work a little bit on it even if you weren't actively working on it you were thinking about it right like there were lots of ways to um think and reflect in this way and i just thought i just thought that that's what was gonna be happening you know like i did i just didn't i didn't believe that i could i could really go this long i didn't believe i could go 40 days without social media now I have to put some caveats around it, right? I did I did use YouTube because I watch YouTube instead of watching TV, basically. Um, even I, I watch more YouTube than I watch any streaming service. Like I'm just, I'm a YouTube girly when it comes to consumption. So we did that. We did that a lot. And then I also did give myself permission to use Pinterest. So Pinterest is a thing uh, from from long ago in my life i was into pinterest but i've never felt pulled into pinterest the way i felt pulled into instagram or facebook or twitter or these other things so because i didn't have any kind of busted relationship with pinterest i did allow that and at first i didn't use it at all throughout the time i used it a little bit more and i found some specific ways to use pinterest that i think were actually kind of nourishing so i'm going to share those with you um, but I did that. And then I also on my, I have an Android phone on my phone. There were some, like, if you drag over, Google would give me some news stories. Um, not like news, not like politics kinds of things, but, you know, based on the kind of stuff I interact with. So I would get news about philosophy, um, news about video games that I care about that kind of thing. Right. Google, Google knows, Google knows what I'm into. It would give me like blog posts about that. Right. Okay, so those are the things I was letting myself do. Pinterest, this like reading the news thing, my news, like Louise's <laughs> news thing. And then um, I did also, I, I am responsible for my church's uh, Facebook thing, like our, our page. So I did log into the Meta Business Suite to help manage that. And occasionally I would log onto Facebook but I was always logged in under the church, not under me, right? So it wasn't my feed. It was the church's stuff, which is not very captivating. It's not very captivating. So there was no, there was no risk of falling in. So that was my setup. And my life fell apart. My life fell apart during Sabbath. And it was still okay. I actually, at no point through the chaos, was like, I wish I had facebook to look at right now i wish i had instagram now at the beginning at the beginning i did feel it i did feel it i felt like there was a there was a hole in my life and it just over time i filled it <laughs> i filled it with other things i read a good amount during this sabbath period i watched different kinds of content on youtube i played video games in a different way i also did more kind of spiritual work. It wasn't, I would say I didn't do as much as I thought I would going into it. But I think in this kind of process, the healing, the spiritual power that came along with this happened by the structure that I created more than the specific activities that I was doing. Right. So I didn't need to do it. I didn't need a big long to-do list. Right. I didn't need that. In fact, a lot of what actually happened during this period is I felt like I rediscovered 
um, a lot of things about past Louise, right? Past Louise was able to get through really difficult stuff. And we didn't really have as much social media back then, especially if we're talking about, you know, before middle school, Louise, she didn't, she didn't have, she didn't really have things. I, when did I get a Facebook, I think I got a Facebook, like the middle of high school, I think. So, you know, but I have, I had a toolkit. I had a toolkit. I think it's really easy as a survivor to, you know, just kind of say my childhood was like a mess and there was chaos over there and I can't really like use that information or that period of my life to really understand myself now and like that I understand I understand why we kind of feel especially you know when you hear people who have survived abusive romantic relationships but they've never they didn't experience any abuse at all when they were kids there's always this idea for for that group that they're going they're returning to who they were before the abuse and when your parents were abusive there's there is no returning there, there is no return like right it, it's it's all it's always been it always has been and there's a feeling that it always will be but I, this isn't true this isn't this isn't totally right right there in in some ways yes absolutely there was the abuse but you you have never just been defined by your abuse that was true when you were a child that's true um, when you were a young adult, that's true, whatever age you are today, you have never been fully defined by the abuse that you experience. There has always, always been additional wonderful things about you that have found ways to persist even when things were dark and even when things were ugly. And I felt like in the Sabbath period, I started to reconnect with those things by making my world quiet right by getting all these noises out of my <laughs> noises is like a little bit demeaning like how do I describe it you know social media just it, it makes your brain busy it just puts a lot of noise into your environment and that's not to say that it's not quality I mean I curate my social media very aggressively so that I have deep thinkers on there that I have quality content and then you know I have like cats <laughs> or, or like cute dogs right like I balance it out but it's it's I I value the people that I follow on social media I value the content but it's the quantity there's so much of everything and if you're in the scroll you're just consuming and consuming and consuming and it's overwhelming and I allowed myself to get away from that overwhelm. I allowed myself to get to a space where I more carefully limited how much I consumed. And because of that, I felt less overwhelmed and I was able to reach out to these older parts of myself. In some ways I let go of a tool that helped me numb. And I said, I'm not gonna numb. And I let myself experience what it was like to, to not numb out. Now, one of the things I discovered from past Louise, um, you know, long, long ago, <laughs> I don't know if, if anybody remembers on Facebook, there was this thing called buttons and it was like, you had a virtual cork board and, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. They were like little buttons, you know, that have like a safety pin on the back that you normally like put on your shirt. 
right? Like these still exist. These buttons still exist, but this was a virtual version of it. And there were like quotes on these buttons or like little sayings or pretty pictures or something. And you could decorate your cork board and have all these different buttons. I was so into that in the past. I was so into that. I thought it was amazing. I loved all these different little sayings. I loved the ideas that they presented. I loved having the little pretty picture ones. I loved having the cute ones. And I realized because I was now existing on Pinterest again, Pinterest has been, I've had a Pinterest account for over seven years. Um, like, I mean, that like my oldest board says the activity on it was seven years ago. Okay. So um, it's, it's existed. I haven't, I haven't really ever used it a lot um, as since grad school, I haven't really used it a lot at all. And it was minimal when I was in college, but I went back and I have like a board called wisdom. I have a board called soul food. I got all these boards and I was like, you know what? This is just like the buttons on Facebook. They're like, images of quotes with like pretty letters and stuff and pretty things and like pieces of art that make me feel things. And I was like, you know, this is something that I used to do that made me feel better. I don't, I can't exactly explain why it makes me feel better. I, I know some of it is a feeling I've always had because I, I have been alienated from society for many reasons. Obviously, being a survivor is one of them, right? Like, I don't have the regular family dynamics that uh, society expects. And I also am a pretty smart person. Like, I'm not saying that be to flatter myself. Like, I, I've always, like, had a high IQ kind of thing, right? Like, and that's alienating. It's like, at times, I didn't know how to handle that. And I came off as you know, very arrogant and full of myself. And I, it, it was not always something that served me well. So that was the thing that alienated me from people, right? They thought I was too full of myself. And, you know, I've also, I exist in a large body. That's another way that I, I am alienated from society. Society values thin bodies, small bodies, tiny bodies. I got a big body. That's not the story over here. <laughs> Right. So there's all these ways that that I've been alienated. And one thing that these quotes and these these images do is, is they help me connect with humanity. They help me remember that there are other people who are thinking and feeling and experiencing in a way that resonates with me. And I haven't always been able to like talk to people and connect with them to get that feeling. Uh, because I'm shy, because I don't have access to the things, because I was being actively abused and didn't have the mental energy. There's a lot of different reasons. But these little quotes used to bring me a little bit of comfort. And they used to make me feel like, oh, somebody else is thinking about this kind of thing. And that felt really good. And sometimes those quotes would, you know, I would find pretty thought provoking quotes and I, it would make me think different. And I liked that feeling. I liked that experience. So what I discovered lurking here on my Pinterest <laughs> is, um, you know, Pinterest has a feed. You go through all the stuff and, you know, you collect the things that you want. Um, but beyond the feed, you can go look at your own boards. You can go look at the things that you have collected. And I discovered that if I went through my wisdom board or my soul food board 
that I have a couple places where I would put these things that kind of spoke to my to my spirit more. If I reviewed those, they would make me feel better. If I reviewed those, it would make me feel happy and content and and like I don't know, like just positive, positive feelings. And so I started to do that more on Pinterest. I started to review those boards that made me feel connected to past Louise and to make me feel more whole as a human being. And then when I did come into my feed on Pinterest, I would look for things that added to those boards, right? And I didn't want to do that endlessly because this was kind of a more carefully curated collection, right? It wasn't like, oh, pin all the things. It was like, oh, hey, here's some this guy would look good over here with all these other ones, right? So that's how I ended up using Pinterest in the end. So this was weirdly like a like a doorway into my own past, right? And that felt really good. Um, Pinterest is also right now more picture oriented than it is video oriented, which I think helped with the noise elements. Um, it felt like I was consuming a bit less. Um, just miscellaneous i mean i am because there's there's images but for some reason the images are gentler to me you know obviously instagram was supposed to be an image based thing but they they've had a little moment where they're like oh well short form content is everything and now they're having a little moment where they're like oh short form content's maybe not the best so <laughs> you know you know there's there's a um, some turbulence over there but whatever the trends are whatever's going on on social media i think one of the bad things about it is that it it makes it makes the world a very loud place it makes it a noisy place and so we numb we numb ourselves in response to that but i discovered that if i limited the amount of things amount of information the amount of ideas that i was consuming i could have a much higher quality experience with the ideas that i was consuming right like i got this feeling once i got into the quiet that I could actually really feel, I could feel myself digging in deeper. I am somebody who values depth so, so much. And, you know, anytime you have a breakup, it's a natural invitation to get some, get to get deep, right? Because you're, you gotta like ask yourself, like, why the hell did that happen? You know, what was going on? <laughs> How did we get here? How did it get to this point? And, so it's it's a natural moment to have some depth, but as a philosopher, I'm always craving depth. I'm just, I'm just somebody who lives, I live in the deep, I live in the deep part of the pool <laughs> and I can't really help myself. Like, that's just the facts. That's just who I am. So, but I think like social media made me forget what it's like to be quiet and to just simply explore like one rich idea. And I started to feel, you know, like when, cause uh, so the con one kind of YouTube video I consume is um, they're kind of like educational videos. It's called edutainment. Um, you know, I would want to like watch the video and like take a, take some notes, like write down the things I thought were really insightful. And I don't know if I've ever had that instinct. I certainly have not had that instinct since grad school. Um, and like, that was, that was such an interesting thing. And I, I'm not sure it was so much because like that video was so insightful, although that might've been contributing to it. I think it was a lot more of like, oh, it, like, 
I don't have that many ideas around me. Let me really dig into the ones that I am exposing myself to. And I liked that. I liked that a lot more. I think that was better. So what is what does all this mean as a survivor? Well, I think one big takeaway as a survivor is just it, the coping mechanisms you're using today are not necessarily the only coping mechanisms you have. If if this was all, like everything you're doing to get through your day, if it was all taken away from you, you would find other things, right? The, the talent that you have, the skill that you have as somebody who survived very difficult circumstances for sustained periods, your talent is your creativity, your talent is your ability to find ways to self-soothe. It's it's finding creative ways to regulate your nervous system. It's finding innovative ways to use the resources that you do have at any one time and adapting that to your needs. Like it's not about social media. It's not about, you know, the specific thing that you're using. It's about you and the fact that you'll you'll work with whatever is on deck for you. So I think that's a really big takeaway because that and that's a really empowering one, right? Because you're like, well, the, the secret here was me. <laughs> Why was this working out? Because of me. Like I was the one doing this. I was the one making this all possible. And that is, mm, mm, that feels good. That feels good. We love it. We love it. Right. Okay. So the secret to you, it's not the tool. So that means if you want to change up your tools, don't be too scared. It's going to be okay, right? You're going to figure it out. You're very creative. You're going to get it done. I think another big takeaway for us as survivors is really just noticing that that desire to connect, right? The different ways that we've been alienated from society, the things that make it hard for us to connect with people in real life. We're never alone, with that stuff, right? There's, we can find those connections in quotes. We can find those connections in books. We can find it on social media. We can also find it in real life if we're willing to try. There are so many different ways we can rediscover ways we connect. It's a lie. It's a lie that we have bought into arguably for a long time that we're so weird and nobody likes us and no one can understand our situation. You know, there's a little bit of martyrdom, a little bit of martyrdom in that thinking. And at the end of the day, I just, I kind of think it's false. There are people out there. It might be tricky to find them. Okay. I'm not promising you, you can find it right off the bat, but if it's important to you and you really need to find community and you really need to connect, you can absolutely do it. It might be in books. It might be in novels, it might be through television, it might be through podcasts, it might be through social media, but it might also be in your local church or at the library or down the street, right? You can find it. Uh, even if, when you think you can't, just try. Just just try it and see see what you can find. And then finally, I think another takeaway is as survivors, we need to be extra mindful of what things we're using to numb out. We need to be extra mindful. Now, there's obviously some red flag things, right? Like if we're numbing out using drugs or alcohol, that's a thing that may not serve us long term. But there are more subtle things too, right? 
I think my relationship with social media was very understandable. Um, but I think I, until I stopped, I did not realize what the cost of that dynamic was. I didn't realize how much I was giving up until I tried not giving it up. <laughs> right. So I think that that's going to be true for a lot of us because I think it, it feels really scary to take away the thing that seems to be making us feel good when so much of our reality has not made us feel good. Right. But I, I want you to, if, if you're considering, you know, oh, is this thing making me numb out? Is that what I want? If you're in that place, I would really consider, I would really encourage you to consider doing an experiment. Give yourself so many days of not using that tool, right? Just play, just play with it. You don't have to decide what you're always going to do. I'm not, I'm not swearing off social media, right? I think the relationship I had with it was not the one that I want, but I'm definitely not swearing off of it. I got Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn. I got it all back on my phone now. And I'm not, I'm not feeling guilty or bad about that at all. But I know that I don't want to get to the same place that I was in with those tools, right? I, I want to be in a position where I can call the shots more and I can trust that I'll be okay if I decide I'm just not going to do that for a minute, right? I can trust that because I've done it. So I would just encourage you to experiment, invite what ways could you take a break from whatever thing you're using as your primary emotional coping mechanism? If it sounds really scary, that means don't do it right now. But if it sounds like a little bit curious and you're a little bit intrigued and you can kind of see a little bit of possibility in it, it might be a good moment for you to set yourself up with a little experiment. It doesn't have to be 40 days like I just did. That was like, we went kind of hard. <laughs> that's very much my personality though. Like I'm either doing something or like a hundred percent or I'm not doing it at all. Right. I'm not a very in-between person. Um, but you, you spend a day, spend, spend 12 hours. I mean, whatever, whatever feels right to you, try to give yourself a little opportunity to play with it and, and see how it goes. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, thank you for being here. Go ahead and um, if you aren't already, follow this podcast. I'd love to have you officially as a subscriber, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.